I have to consent. I've consented. <gasps> oh boy. Here we go, Mary. Oh, we're back. <laughs> it's season four of the Melrose Placecast, everybody. Oh my God. Are we going to get sued? Uh, sure. No, no. This is a parody podcast, so we're not going to get sued. And as a reminder to everybody going into season four, if you're still with us, this is not a parody. I'm sorry. Not a recap podcast. It is yeah. a parody podcast. Yeah. I, what are we parodying? <laughs> Anything that would get us sued. Okay, great. Okay. So season four, oh my God, I just can't wait to get started. I mean, we left with such a cliffhanger. The actual was bombing. There a, is there a bombing? I don't know yet. There was a bombing, Mary. We saw Kimberly press the button. Hey, well, I didn't see anything explode. And as, no, yes, we did. Because as we determined, the Lifetime movie of Melrose Place was canon. You saw the bombing. Kimberly is floating in the pool. Oh boy. So oh. that's official. And you know what else I'm so excited about? Darren Starr. Thank God he's gone and off oh, to Jersey or wherever. Wherever he went. You know, like out by where Sully landed that airplane. Oh, those geese were a real problem. They were a real problem. So with Darren's Darren's Star? Darren Star. Did I say Darren Spelling? You almost did. <laughs> Darren it would Star. with Aaron Spelling. So. Out of here. We got we, we, we got a good 12 characters on the credit scene. That's more than there's ever been. That's crazy. This intro is getting a little long. I think we should get started. <laughs> I got so lost. Anyway, season four of the Melrose Place cast begins right now. Thank God. Hello and welcome to the Melrose Place cast. Today we're talking about season four, episode number two called... Melrose is like a box of chocolates, although I don't know why the hell it's called that. I'm Mary. I'm Pete. And Mary, I think it's even worse as a title. I think it's just chocolate singular. A box of chocolate? No S? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what singular means. Yeah. I'm just I'm clarifying the audience. Thank you. <laughs> I think they were with me. <laughs> You'd think that. Yeah. Are you sure? I don't know. I guess why would I, I not that? They can't oh, title it well, so why would you they? You know what? Know? Listen, Mary, I'm, I just went to look it up, but then before, you know, I just think, like, actually, let's just let this one go. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Nobody we, knows. We have no way of finding out. Um, it was a long time ago. Pre-internet, genuinely. You know what else hadn't happened yet? Zoom. Oh my god, let it go. Everybody else can use Zoom. Not my mom. <laughs> That's true. Mine either. Did I ever <laughs> tell you the story about my mother on Zoom? I don't think so. So my mother cares and my mother and father care for two of my nephews. Uh and one of them is the same age as my son. Go to the same school, went to the same school. There was a field trip opportunity to Washington DC for a week, right? Yeah. Okay. So we all had to have a parent meeting, but it was COVID time, so it was by Zoom. Oh, okay. Okay. So I log in. Everything's just fine. And then I see my mom's name appear, and then I see my mother appear, and she's like leaning forward, peering into the screen, right? You know the type? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the teacher's like, hey, everybody, we're just kind of waiting for people to gather. And my mother cuts him off 
and yelled, I can't hear you. <laughs> I can't hear. I don't know what. I don't know what you're saying. Tom. That's my, my dad. Tom, I can't hear him. I can't hear him. <laughs> then I see my dad come. Not, not camera ready. Let me tell you that. And he starts peering into the thing too. And they're like going back and forth. And I swear to God, like we were seconds away from my mother being like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with this goddamn thing. <laughs> so, okay. So I say, oh my God, guys, that's my mom. I'll call her. And then so I, I hear the phone ring because their audio is on. <laughs> and my dad goes and gets it and he says, hello. <laughs> Classic dad. Like, oh my God, dad, we can hear you guys tell mom to shut up. And he said, what? <laughs> said, well, because those guys can't hear either. And he says, he says they can, they can hear you. And she said, how? I can't hear them. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, go mute the microphone right now. And all that had happened was they were using my nephew's Chromebook, and it had automatically connected to his headphones in his backpack. Oh. Yeah. That's so a lot of my mom can't use Zoom either. Well, I think that's enough reason to just get rid of it. You know what I also have a problem with today is Q-tips. Q-tips? Q-tips. What did, how did they wrong you? Okay. The, listen, did you ever look, Mary, have you ever inspected a box of Q-tips? No. Okay, do you know there's a warning label on them? No, you never inspect it. You just take well, them and jab them in your ears. I jab them in as far as I can. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the warning label says? Is it like, hey, remember to jab this in as far as you can? No, it says not for use in ears. Well, that's just silly. That's ridiculous. What do you think we're doing with these Q-tips? Yeah, what Mr. am I supposed to be sticking Johnson into? Johnson and Johnson. What am I supposed to be sticking this into? It's This is what's wrong with America. And I, listen, listen, I'm with Donald Trump on this one. This is what's wrong with America. Is just... <laughs> We're using the product exactly as intended, but they can say if anyone jabs them in too far, hey, well, we put a warning label on. I don't know why she did that. I don't know what would make Miss Mary think you should jab these sticks in your ear. God, I love jabbing a Q-tip all the way in as far as I can. Oh my God. It's just like giving a little swirl on the inside. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty much the biggest thrill in my life at this point. Like, you know, if if you do it just right, you might be able to cut out the bad part of the brain. God, I'd love to turn that off. Yeah, is there a long enough Q-tip for that? I don't know. Did you use a Q-tip to clean your laptop? <laughs> Look, it can't hurt. It probably can't hurt anything. Is there a warning on the Q-tips box about not sticking them in your laptop? You know what? There will be once there's one single lawsuit. <laughs> so I just have to hit it once and make it big. Make it count, Mary. Make it count. All right. Mary, can I tell you just a couple of teasers about why I think this show was high art for the generation? I sure hope that you will. Otherwise, I don't know why we're here. Okay. And you're going to have to go easy on me because, as you know, I watched this episode three weeks ago. And I, I, I watched re- it two weeks ago. I had to refresh my memory on everything. Oh, okay. But here's the quote from a lawyer. No, to a lawyer. Matt. I didn't think it could get any worse. That was after, of course, he punched up his co-conspirator. Then we have, of course, the quote from Kimberly. I see depressed middle-aged Freudian with unexpressed homosexual tendencies. 
<laughs> That's one of your high art points. Okay. And fuck you. Dad, you just cut me down. We just agreed you were going to take it easy on me, Mary. I don't know that I agreed. I think I said maybe. And from Hillary Armstrong, a quote that, you know, is just so near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Marriage is based on trust. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Firm supporter, as you know. I know. I've, I've heard a lot about it over the years. Marriage or trust? Or both? Your stance on it. On both. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, can I, can I start by telling you about, I didn't think it could get any worse. Yes, please. This is, this is what Memorous did here. Just the brilliance, the sheer audacity of the goal and just the excellence of execution at the Callback to Card Foundation. Uh, they just did so well. And wrapping into this storyline, the challenges of the American criminal justice system. Hmm, okay. The, the tribulations that come with being a falsely accused defendant. Oh my God. And so here's what happened. Of course, we're talking about Matholomew still wearing just gorgeous blue jumpsuit. I can't get over how gorgeous he looked in that jumpsuit. Yeah, it's a good. It looks good on him. He looks good. It, it looks good on him. I would like him to be arrested more often on this show. <laughs> I I would not like him wearing social justice pauses on his t-shirts anymore. Well, he hasn't for a while because he's got that jumpsuit now. So maybe you'll he's get got that jumpsuit. He's been wearing ties. Yeah, he's had to he's had to level up a little bit. Yeah. Well, Matt's apartment, as we know, was burned out uh, or d- damaged in the bombing because remember, Kimberly wanted Matt to take it in the shorts. How did she get away with such homophobic jokes? It was the nineties. Sausage burrito. <laughs> God. <laughs> Anyway, maybe that was the, like, you know, we discussed in the Lifetime movie as canon. Maybe that was the compromise the, the Darren Star had to make to have the gay character was that Kimberly would get to be anti-gay. Oh, well, maybe. We, we, don't, we aren't sure, I guess. He did gay baths with frequency. Anytime he was coming home with an obnoxiously large bag of groceries. <laughs> at night. Oh, God. And Kimberly would, would rag on it. Anyway, Matt's apartment's blown up, so he's got to stay with Joe. Mm-hmm. Jake invites them to a party at Shooters, and <laughs> I just saw the light again. Joe says to Matt, ever since Jess died, he's been real weird. <laughs> a reminder, in case anyone forgot. Jake killed Jess, defending Joe's honor. And he didn't just kill Jess. He tumbled him down <laughs> off the construction site and landed on top of Jess. He, like, not only did he kill Jess by pushing him off, he killed Jess by, like, driving his shoulder down into his sternum. Yeah. Well, okay. that's what happens when you're the little brother. I mean. Come on, little brother. <laughs> anyway, Joe and Jake, or Joe and Jane, Joe and Jake are being weird to each other, and Joe doesn't understand why. It's been a week, so he should be fine. <laughs> Matt is learning from his lawyer that this is going to be a tough case to prove because they now believe that the theory that the cops have is that Matt and Paul conspired together so that Matt's still a suspect. Mm. Matt, Matt, for some reason, goes to the hospital? Did that seem wise to you? Well, he's trying to fill out his paperwork or something, isn't he? For his leave of absence or something? 
Well, I don't know. He went to the cafeteria and then he got in a fist fight with Paul. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, Matt said the truth is going to come out and then punch them. And Alicia explained that that little fight made things worse. And Matt said rightly, based on what she had previously said, I didn't think it could get any worse. <laughs> so Matt, just to, then just to challenge that point, Matt comes up with a scheme to get himself out of this, which is he's going to go confront Paul and get him to confess. That seems like a great plan. He's really, yeah. really thinking clearly right now. He is, you know what, but would you know what doesn't think clearly is the criminal justice system, which mm. unfairly persecutes the innocent. Sure. Sure. Listen, I said you gotta take it easy on me. <laughs> oh, so is that it? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the culmination. I found it very unrealistic that Mac got into not one but two fights in this episode. Yeah, he's all torn up about, you know, I mean, that doesn't help his case that he's not a violent person. Yeah, and I mean, I could see him eating at the bar with Jake and, like, trying to get Jake to knock it off, but I was just, I didn't really buy him punching Jake. I don't know, and and the whole fight at the cafeteria, like, I could see him, like, losing his temper for a second and yelling, but, like, I don't know, it just seemed a little... A little soap opera-y, but I'm going to go light on you. Now, do you think when you factor in all the time that has been gay bash, has he been in more fights than any other character on Melrose Place? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Um, well, maybe not Jake. Jake's yeah, been in a lot of fights. One with his brother, little brother, big brother. They had a couple of fights. They were in a couple. He got Jake got in a fight with Michael, right? Yeah, I think he had one with Michael. He punched out Billy that one time. At, when oh, he, had, he did. And he got in the fight pool hall with, uh, what's her name's boyfriend from Iowa. With Hank, with Hank. He fought with Daddy once or twice, I feel like. He got fought with outside of the bar in the alley a few times. He got shot okay, okay. The bar. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. He got shot twice. That's right, in one season. <laughs> He's had a couple, couple wounds. But I mean, Matt... You know, he's been in more fights and bashes than you would have expected. So, yeah. I mean, good for him. Yes. <laughs> well, Mary, we can just move on to my second higher point. I assume you didn't find any examples of trash this week. I I managed to find a few. What? I know. It's shocking. It's always okay, shocking. Tell me. Tell me. I can't be pigeonholed by standard issue ink blots. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's one of my high art points. I know, it's very confusing. Um, I don't know how you call it that. Uh, so Kimberly is at the hospital. She's going through the inkblot test, but she is not cooperating. Uh, she tells the doctor guy, I see a depressed middle-aged Freudian with unexpressed homosexual leanings. The doctor sighs because he's been in there for a while and he keeps showing her inkblots and she's like, I need someone to talk to and who will listen, not some robot head shrinker. And he's like, I'm not your head shrinker. The court appointed me to run these tests to determine if you're sane for trial. And she's like, I want to see a real shrink. And I like that, like, they're both medical professionals and she keeps calling him a shrink. But uh, he's like, Dr. Burns will be here in a minute. You can talk about it with him. And she's like, all right, but like, I can totally draw better pictures than these ink blots. So could I just have a pencil and paper and like, you can decipher the hidden meanings from my drawings. And he's like, 
okay, sit down. And she's all like, Doctor, I am a unique person. I can't be pigeonholed by standard issue ink blots. <laughs> Which is one of the funniest lines I've ever heard on this whole show. Uh, he's like, okay. And he grabs and sharpens a pencil. Red flag. Bad choice. Hands it to her. <laughs> she immediately, upon grabbing the pencil, stabs it through his hand into the desk. Like, there's not even a pretend movement where she's, like, going to go draw. Uh, he's screaming. She runs to the door, gets out the door, and gets down the hall. She's flail running in her hospital gown. Peter happens to be walking up. Uh, he chases her into the stairwell. They go up to the roof of the building as the alarms are blaring. Uh, she gets to the rooftop, and she turns around, and she's like, I refuse to spend the rest of my life in an insane asylum. I'd rather die. And she goes to the edge of the roof. And he's like, don't do it, Kimberly. And she goes, why? Because you care about me? Nobody cares about me. These orderlies come running, these big beefy guys. Peter's like, yo, stop. I'll handle this. I'm like, okay. I got this. I got this. Uh, Kimberly runs closer to the edge. Uh, she stands looking down at the ground. And Peter's like, I won't let anyone hurt you. And she says, that's bull. You might have slept with me, but you don't care about me. And now there are cops there. And she's like climbing up on the ledge. She goes, you don't love me. I need to be loved again. Can't you tell me that you love me? And he says, yes. And so she's like, all right. And he catches her. And she doesn't go off the roof. And I'm like, this is like, first of all, first of all. First of all. First of all. He never would have handed her. Because like, she's, she's like murdered people. Like she wouldn't even have gotten the pencil. Like that wouldn't have happened. Second. I would assume the door to the room would have been locked because, like, she's guarded by a police officer every time she's in her room. So I would have assumed the cop would have followed them to their little meeting with the shrink, but I guess not. Then the fact that she can just run up the stairwell and, like, Peter just happens to be there, and then she does the whole, just tell me you love me, and he says he loves her, and then she's like, oh, okay, all right, I won't jump. Like, this is so crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, but that, I can't be pigeonholed by standard issue ink blots. Is, that's an all-time favorite. What a treat. Um, okay. Listen. Hard disagree. Oh, wow. This is not just my quote. This entire storyline is artistic in nature. Oh, wow. Okay, I'd like to hear more. First of all, first of all, we've got drawings. And we didn't actually have any drawing. We had implied drawing. We had the, the specter of drawing. Second of all, for some reason, he kept showing ink blots that looked like cactuses being eaten by a snake while my father looked on disapproving. I don't know how <laughs> they did that. What a weird thing they managed what to do. They, they just dug them up, you know? Um, <laughs> but this, Mary, this is the world, the artistic world has done this storyline so many times. I'm surprised, actually, that as artistic as it is that you went for this, but the whole thing is like, how can a not crazy person prove that they're not crazy? And it's certainly not by saying, don't worry, I'm not crazy. And when you when you go to ink blots, of course, people, let me tell, I, I don't know if this has happened to you, but every time I've done ink blots, they've been like, oh dear, this one now, right? So nobody does ink blots without getting, you know, getting a little thing, getting a little something. So it's the whole storyline of like how when you're locked up for being insane and you're not insane or you're not having mental health difficulties, you can't prove it because anything you do to prove it makes you sound weird. I don't know about that. <laughs> Listen, 
I've stopped doing ink blots because of the, the like, you know, you do the ink blots and then you get to stay for two days. I don't like that. Oh, okay. How often so, making you do ink blots? Every time I would go visit. Visit my friend, Dr. Dr. Shrink. Dr. Shrink. <laughs> Dr. Shrink, you know? Did yeah. you have anyway. a freshly sharpened pencil? No, they wouldn't give me any. I've tried this tactic. And they said, oh, no, we know this trick. <laughs> we, we watched Melrose Place. We know what's going to happen. But my specific point of why this was our, the one thing I want to call out, I see depressed middle-aged Freudian with unexpressed homosexual tendencies. Let me tell you this. A middle-aged Freudian with unexpressed homosexual tendencies, they would be depressed. She's right. She's right. And she's <laughs> brilliant. And she's smart. And an unexpressed, a middle-aged Freudian with unexpressed homosexual tendencies should not date Matt. They have no right to date Matt. Yeah, no, they're not ready. No, they're not ready. They should go away and not come back a second time. Yeah, they should especially not come back the second time. That's yeah. just necessary. It's, it's unnecessary. It's rude. You know, it's presumptuous. It is presumptuous. Right. I suppose, I mean, Matt did track him. So. Matt's got really bad taste in men. He does. He does. And you know who else does is um, all of the Mrs. Manzini's. <laughs> there's so many to pick from. And there's more coming, Mary. Oh, my God. That's what I heard. Oh, Lord. We've got three Mrs. Mancini's for three seasons down. Is there ever an episode called the three Mrs. Mancini's? Because there should be. I, didn't we have one called the two Mrs. Mancini's? That might have been. But, I mean, there were. We've had at least three now. I, yes. No, I'm, I'm aware. Although, Kimberly Shaw never changed her name. Oh, well, she's a professional. Not like Jane. Yes, release date March 23rd, 1994. The Two Mrs. Mancini. Oh, okay. Season 2, episode 25. Oh, good. I'm glad you looked that up. Yeah, we, listen. We've got we've got all the clarity in the world. Mary, I think we could take a break. I need a breather. I need to build up for my second, my final argument. Okay, I, I support that. I don't want you to get too winded. This week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is sponsored by a flashback to the 90s, Mary. What? It's going to bring this sponsor is going to bring you all the way back. You're going to be wanting to go to Pizza Hut to get those neon glasses like they had in Back to the Future 2. It's going to feel so 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Exercise will do you good. Do you remember that line from this week's episode? Yeah, I do. It was pure product placement. It was genius. Our sponsor this week was linked into that episode way long ago. 28 years, Mary. Wow, that's impressive that there's a part. Amanda was living in Sydney's apartment. Peter comes <laughs> and Sydney says, let me guess, you want me to take a walk? And Amanda says, exercise will do you good. Which means, <laughs> yes, get the fuck out of your apartment, please. <laughs> Which is why this week's episode of the Melrose Place Placecast is sponsored by Rhonda's Power Walking Funk, Mary. What? Holy shit. Exercise will do you good. She has got a whole line of products available only at Target. The four, not Target, Kmart. I was going to 
Okay. Wow. <laughs> Only available at the four K-marks, two of which are in New Jersey, left remaining in this country. Wow. Now, wow. four whole locations. Wow. Yes, there was limited space. So, so Kmart, they did have to boot out Gratitude by Kathy Ireland. Well, you know what? It just gives her room for a comeback later. Including the Cursive by Bruce Teller, which was a subsidiary <laughs> of Gratitude by Kathy Ireland. <laughs> oh, but Mary, Rhonda's power walking bunk has got everything you need. And you know, when Rhonda left and went to the suburbs with Terrence, she was going to be. Yes, a housewife. There's no other way to say it, right? But also an independent woman doing like trying Tupperware for a while. She probably has been selling Lululemon. Yeah, I can see that. She's she's sending direct messages to all of her friends on Facebook. Friends. All the people she's ever met once on Facebook saying, hey girl, I haven't talked to you in 19 years. I'm just wondering if you're happy with your morning vitamin routine. <laughs> Do you get a lot of those? I get a lot of those in spurts. So <laughs> I think it's I think it's more of a lady thing. It's it's part of the pyramid, I think, too. Like they all we all know the same people. So when one goes now, when one goes, they all go. Now here's the thing about me. I almost was, I think you know, fully roped into the Amway pyramid scam. <laughs> it does not I was, me one bit. <laughs> it, so I was I was there, but not Rhonda. She is going to be a powerful, independent businesswoman making just enough money to keep Terrence off her back. No. Well, you, you know what? That's, that's really important in a marriage, in addition to trust. It, marriage and trust, as we've discussed. Now, Rhonda, she is designing in a way. She's, she's putting her name on other designers' work, you know, uh, you know like, some, like some designers tend to do. It's been known to happen. It's been known to happen. But she's got, available at those 4K marts, everything you need to go power walking. Mary, do you remember what a rage power walking was in the 90s? I sure do. People really got into it. Holy shit. And do, what is power walking? It's just walking fast. Isn't it walking fast, but also like moving your arms a lot? You gotta pump the arms. You gotta yeah. pump the arms. Otherwise, you're just walking. You know, like a fucking bum. Like just a lazy <laughs> bum. <laughs> lazy bum. Arms. Hanging up down on the ground, Neanderthal. Oh, try a little harder, God. That is not what you're going to get if you participate in Rhonda's power walking funk. Let me tell you the equipment she has available for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Now, if you're a power walker, you are a woman in your 50s. I don't make the rules. You know, I would extend that down to the 40s, but I'll allow it. You are suburban. I don't you are urban. racist. Oh, oh. Or not okay. okay. <laughs> and you're going to get Rhonda's Power Walking Funk shoes. Mary, oh. oh my God. They're the most beautiful design you have ever imagined. Okay? Really? Can I, can, oh, Mary. These are the best shoes. I actually, I happen to have a pair right here. So I will describe it to you because this is an audio medium. Okay. So that the soles... Helpful. The soles are black, but kind of rubbery, right? You know, like sneakers are. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, there's about, uh, you know, about a, a half inch down to an eighth of an inch layer of white foam, okay? And then there's some black foam back on top of that. So black, white, black, are you with me? Yeah. But the back part of the shoe, where instead of the, the second layer of black, it's bright pink and hard plastic. 
So we're dealing like a pop of color, Mary. Oh, wow. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Then we've got kind of a nice, like, tealish, bluish, greenish color, right? Like, you know, like, when you're, when, when someone takes you and, like, holds you underwater in Lake Superior for too long and you breathe into your lungs. It's yeah. the last color you see, that, like, bluish, oceany blue as you're looking up. Beautiful color. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, now, now. It's not so beautiful when it's the last thing you see because you're being drawn. But it's no, still beautiful. You can see. Yeah. And then the main color still is black all around it. But there's some nice electric green striping. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight electric green stripes. Oh, are they like zebra stripes or just regular stripes? No, they're, they're, they're like, a, like a rainbow design. Like a rainbow design. Like these are gay shoes, Mary. Rhonda designed okay. some gay shoes. Well, I would. And then... Yeah, and then the laces are the black laces, but they go into like leather. I don't like to think that they're, I just assume they're vegan leather. I don't ask questions. But at the top, they're that, that oceanese Lake Superior blue, but then at the bottom, they're that bright pink, right? See, so tying it all together. Mm, the contrast, I like that. Tying it all together, of course, is what you do with the laces. And then the interior of the shoe, they didn't forget about the interior of the shoe. Nice pink lining, a nice pink lining. Wow. They really yes. thought, they thought about this. They put a lot of thought into it, which I appreciate. They being Rhonda and Rhonda alone. This is Rhonda's power walking funk shoe. Yeah. Now, now, are these the type of shoes that our uh, resident Gen Z expert Nick uh, calls um, too gay to wear in public and cool in a grandma walking the mall kind of way? Yes, they are. That's exactly what he said about these. And he can fuck off. So if this took a personal turn. Took a personal turn. You know what else you're going to get is fanny packs. When you go to Kmart and go to Rhonda's Power Walking Funk Isle, you're going to get fanny packs in green, in blue, in pink. Wow. All swirled together, Mary. You're going to look at it. Your eyes are going to wonder how they did that on fabric. I almost feel overstimulated and I can't even see them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, and then this is you you talked about it a little bit you're going to get two two pound weights hand weights so you can keep those arms pumping because again yeah if you're not pumping those arms you're just walking like a bitch you're just walking like a bitch that's what i've always said like i you know when i go driving around this town i see people walking and if their hands aren't pumping i i just i some i just yell out the window you're walking like a bitch yeah. Yeah. We're that, also going to get headbands, Mary. Headbands. Oh, well, you got to catch the sweat. You got to catch the sweat. You don't, because listen, as you're pumping those arms, you're working up a sweat. You're walking. You're almost doing a, almost like a little march, almost like a little march, right? Like you're marching all around the, 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 the green belt in your town. I assume your town has one. And then you can't, when sweat starts dripping down your brow, you can't stop the flow of your arms to wipe the sweat away. No, I got to keep pumping. You got to keep pumping because if you don't, not only will you lose your momentum, you'll lose your beats. You'll lose your beat, Mary. Oh, God, you can't have that happen. That, that would no. be a, you're undoing all the good work you've done. Which is why Rhonda's Power Walking Funk also has headphones. But they're bulky and they're big. So everybody knows, oh, don't, don't talk to her. She's power walking. Do you see those arms pumping? 
Oh yeah, no, no, you you let you let people be when they're in the midst of that power mm-hmm. walk. And then, Mary, don't you think? Don't you think we're going to need some fancy branded water bottles? I hadn't even thought of that. That's a great idea. That's where you're wrong, Mary. It's not a water bottle. It's a water camel sack that you wrap around your shoulder because you don't have arms to hold a water bottle because your arms are pumping with the weights. Oh, Mary, see, you just outed yourself. I, I almost ruined everything. Thank God I wasn't in charge. Thank God Rhonda's here. You're going to go to the one of the four remaining Kmarts. You're going to go down your favorite aisle where you used to get gratitude by Kathy Ireland and cursive by Bruce Teller. You're going to find Rhonda's Power walking funk. I keep wanting to say culinary. Rhonda's power walking <laughs> funk. You're going to get those cool shoes that my dumbass nephew doesn't like. You're going to get yourself a fanny pack mm-hmm. with the like swirled pink, blue, and green on one fabric. You're going to get those two pound weights. You're going to get a headband. You're going to get a water camel sack. And you are going to just, actually, you're probably out of this phase already, but you'll have the gear. You know, it, it sometimes it just takes a while to amass supplies to take care of. And you just, once you've got them, you're ready to go, though. That's the good thing. You know, listen, if your motivation wanes by the time you have everything you need to do it, it's okay. Just hold on to it because the motivation, it comes back. She comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll it's be like, the... it'll be like, you know, late winter again at some point. And you'll think, uh-oh, I've been really hitting the cookies. <laughs> no, she comes back like Kimberly Shaw, you know, like. Kill her once, she'll come back. Blow her up, she'll come back. (laughs) Fish her out of the pool, she'll be fine. Fish her out of the pool. Speaking of fishing people out, you know, poor Kathy Ireland. This is a tough break for her. Kmart just threw her overboard like she was just a suitcase of a million dollars. (laughs) Kablooey. Ah, kablooey. Oh, my God. Well, I can't wait to get to one of those four Kmarts. And We're going to have to take a road trip, actually. Yeah, we might actually. That's, that's a, that's a, it's a, you know what? It's a long drive, but it's worth it. And maybe we can you, walk back. <laughs> Perhaps. But also, like, think about it like this, Mary. If we leave now, right now, we might get there in time to get us some Rhonda's Power Walking Funk, some shoes, some fanny packs, some weights, headbands, water camel sacks. And we might still get some gratitude by Kathy Ireland on clearance. There's nothing I love more than an end cap full of clearance, especially <laughs> if it's Kathy Ireland. I'm, and you know this about me. I am entirely with you. Oh, my God. We're going to get, you know what? You're going to get a bargain, and you're going to power walk your way to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are back for the second half of the Melrose Place Cast. Mary, I almost called it the Model Link Cast. Oh, God. Muscle memory. Oh, I love that Model Link. I love that Model Link. And I love our little spinoff on it. Oh, what a, what a time to be alive it was. It, yes, it was, indeed. But we are not talking about Model Link. We are talking about Melrose Place, Season 4, Episode 2. Melrose is like a box of chocolates. Why, why is it called that? Like I've been really thinking about this, and there's, it has no, there isn't even a like there's no chocolates even in the episode. Like there's not even a literal reference to anything. I don't okay, understand. Okay. And like okay. it doesn't have anything well, to do with anything. Well, hold on, hold on, back up, back up, sister. Okay, listen. So remember what Forrest Gump was about. It was about a person who was just always in the right place at the right time. 
Oh, I guess. Okay. Right. Right. Like just always doing these random things. So I still don't see how that has anything to do with this episode. I. That's. I really don't. Like usually, I can find some kind of like nugget of something. Like it sort of makes the tiniest, most fleeting amount of sense. But this one, I really don't get it. So if there's any listeners who have any theories, there aren't. There aren't. There aren't any listeners, Mary. There aren't. Oh, okay. No, and and they don't email us when there are. Well, then I guess I won't ask them for help. They're not, listen, listeners, listener, Christopher, Christopher, <laughs> what the, what the fuck is up with this titling of this episode? Let us know at memorableplacecast at gmail dot com. I Mary, I check the email accounts every single week. Really. Yeah, we just got the couple emails about, you know, it wasn't Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> I love those people. That was helpful. No, those bitches can fuck right off. Wow. Like, well, pretty safe to say that because they probably aren't still listening. <laughs> but you know who is? Kamala Harris. Kamala. Kamala, help us understand this title. Ka- you know, maybe Kamala's got some ideas. She's creative. You know, I said before we started recording that I'm much like Jimmy Carter because I'm wearing a sweater. I guess. And I was thinking, as I said this to you, I was initially thinking, thank God I wasn't recording because it felt risky, but I said, and just like Jimmy Carter, I'm still alive as well, which seems surprising. It's Right now it's May 8th and Jimmy Carter is still alive. And he's been in hospice for three months. Yeah, he has. Well, he's, you know... He's got the constitution of a sturdy peanut farmer. Yeah. Now, here's, here's, here's what this has to do with Kamala. I am more confident in saying Jimmy Carter is still alive, knowing that there's a leg time between when we, we record and drop this episode, than I am saying Kamala Harris is vice president. Oh, wow. I think Jimmy Carter is going to make it past all of them. I think he's going to make it past Trump, past Biden. Maybe he could be president again. Why not? Why not? Why not? Anybody. I feel like if you get to a certain age and you've already been president and there's an election, you should just get to run. And like, you don't have to do any of the work. You can just be on the ballot. You're like, it's just, guys, it's just me. I'm back. I got the peanuts. Like, we know you can do it. So I've got the peanuts. I've got lust in my heart. I'm ready for this job. <laughs> what, a, what a crazy, that whole story. That's just crazy. That's crazy. Sweet Jimmy Carter. And any of, any of our Gen Z listeners that don't know about the lust in the heart or Jimmy Carter's existence, uh, go back and oh, Google. Am I kidding? No, they're going to wait for a TikTok about it. Maybe we should open a TikTok account explaining. We're not doing that, Mary. Bring the show. No. <laughs> Maybe your son can open it for us. <laughs> now you're on to something. <laughs> oh, he got his first piece of college mail. Oh, I saw that. How are you doing? I, I don't know when I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> well, he's got I'm a little time to think about it. I'm just kidding. I gave it to him. And they, they sent it to him because he signed up for a college visit this summer. So. Oh, that's how they get you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, Mary, did you find the second example of craft this week? I sure did. How? How the hell am I supposed to live on ten thousand dollars? <laughs> no, this is one of my high art stores. To what? Continue. Oh, go ahead. All right. Well, I will go over the whole thing. So anyway, Brooke uh, goes to see Daddy at the golf course. 
Uh, he jokes that she's still got a room at the mansion, but she's deliriously happily married. Daddy's like, well, that's great. Uh, she doesn't want to fight. When are they going to meet with his lawyer? Because they need to talk about mommy's will. And how much money do you think mommy left me? And daddy's like, don't cut your chickens. And she's like, you know, mother loved me. And more than anything, she wanted me to be financially secure. And now that I've satisfied the last condition of her will by getting married, I'm going to be. And daddy's like, you mean you and Billy are going to be? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she walks away. She's like, oh, I'm a little short. Could I have an advance on my allowance? And he says, you want an allowance? Ask your husband, which bothered mm. me. And then she's like, but daddy, I'm serious. And she's like, he's like, you married the wrong guy. For better or for worse, you're Billy's responsibility now, which is some very transgressive shit that it wouldn't fly nowadays. Back at work, Amanda confirms to Brooke that, yes, Allison is coming back to work at D&D. And Brooke's like, but after all we went through to get rid of her, which made me laugh. <laughs> Amanda's like, we were down and dirty and we owe her and she needs to work on something besides her handicap or something like that. <laughs> Rook says, let her go work at a school for the blind and learn how to crochet. <sighs> that wasn't nice. Uh, anyway, Amanda's like, nope, she's coming to work. You're going to share responsibilities with Allison. But Allison gets the title and Brooke's like, I will be a junior exec. And Amanda's like, seniority has its privileges. Uh, later, they're in a meeting. It's Amanda, Billy, Brooke, and Allison. They're working late, and Allison needs help getting to the restroom. Can someone help her walk there? And Amanda tells Brooke, and Brooke hesitates, and then she starts to cry, and she runs away, which was a weird reaction. And Amanda follows her. She's like, if you want to keep your job, you need to like be part of the team effort. And Brooke's like, it's for the best. I quit. I'm coming into a great deal of money, and I don't need to work. Uh Next day, Brooke and Daddy are waiting for the lawyer to start reading the will, and Billy comes in, and she's surprised, and Daddy invited him. Uh, she's like, oh, this is boring. You have better things to do. And Daddy's like, no, everybody sit down. So the lawyer reads about the trust fund. There are equal payments coming over 10 years, and the first payment is due upon Brooke's marriage, and he hands her an envelope. Billy's like, uh, why didn't you ever tell me about this? And Brooke doesn't answer. She opens it. And she's like, $10,000? How the hell am I supposed to live on $10,000? And Daddy, who has a little shit-eating grin on his face, is like, well, the money wasn't intended to be a dowry, just a wedding present. Billy is fed up, and he storms out, and Brooke's like, I can explain. And then she's like, well, Daddy, why do you want to destroy my happiness? I'm like, who talks like this? He's like, you can't blame me. Marriage is based on trust, and as far as Billy's concerned, he can't trust you. And she pouts and stomps, and Daddy gloats. Later, for some reason that happens off camera, which isn't explained, Billy arranges to help Brooke get her job back, although it seems like he was pretty mad at her. Uh, so Brooke grovels. Amanda Billy Hyde just gets everybody jobs back. She's in a real good mood this week. We should all go ask for jobs. Uh, Brooke spins some bullshit about how, oh, she's realized that whether she's got money or not, she needs a career to feel fulfilled. And Amanda's like, lucky you, I've grown soft. And so she hires her back, but not as an executive, as Allison's assistant. Wah, wah, yeah. wah. Why is it, what, this is, this turn doesn't make sense for Amanda. Yeah, like, why is she being such a jerk to Brooke all of a sudden? Like, yeah. I mean, Brooke's also being a jerk, let's be clear. Brooke's been a little asshole. But, like, she hasn't really been bad to Amanda, other than the quitting. And, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, back at Daddy's, this is the last scene of the episode, he's drinking fancy liqueur when Brooke walks in. He's like, oh, is there trouble in paradise? She's like, no, Billy forgave me. Uh, which also, why didn't that happen on camera? That seems like it would have been an interesting scene, but okay. Can daddy forgive her? He's like, oh, of course, you're my little baby. Can she have a brandy too? It feels like old times when they're there by the fire. 
she's like, oh, daddy, I got my job back. And I work for Allison. And daddy's like, that can't be easy. And Brooke's like, I'm trying to be mature about it. Daddy's like, he really liked Allison. He was sorry to hear about what happened to her. And Brooke says, me too, even though I know she's still in love with my husband. <laughs> Daddy's so sorry. He wished things would work out better. And Brooke's like, are you sorry enough to float me alone? And Daddy says, sure. He gets out his checkbook. Brooke's like, I've got to get away from work. <laughs> like, he just got hired back. He's like, well, how are you going to explain $100,000 to Billy? And she's like, I won't. I'll get a separate checking account at a different bank. Red flags. Uh She's about to grab the check out of his hand and he pulls it back, cliffhanger. And she goes, Daddy? And he goes, there's one small condition, sweet cakes. You don't get it until you file for divorce. Guitar kill. Ba-ba-bum. This is wonderful and ridiculous. It's one of the most fun storylines in this episode because it's so soap opera-y. We have Brooke just having, like, she's crying and pouting. She's not getting her way. She keeps thinking she's about to get all this money on various occasions, and every time there's a condition or there's a catch, and she's mad. Billy's mad at her, and she gets her way out of that. Amanda's weirdly mad at her. Everybody's mad at her, and she's still kind of getting her way until the very end. And it's delightful. I love the number of times she got to make her little scheming face, too. I was like, when she's scheming. You do love her scheming face, but here's the thing. I have a real problem with, they just got married. (laughs) <laughs> just got married like the ink is barely dry on the license the, 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 they, they got married they got bombed and they got married one episode bombed the next and now daddy's demanding a divorce <laughs> daddy I find this unacceptable unrealistic <laughs> Okay. And it's to me, it's like, oh, guys, that's right. Yeah, there was a change in the writers and the producers or whatever. Darren Starr left and Aaron Spelling is like, actually, I want them divorced now. Oh. That's what I think. That's what I think. That could be. I mean, we don't know from the canon because it wasn't in the movie, but. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're just having to, to make our assumptions. Well, Mary, I, I have to stick with it. I have to stick with my gut. Marriage is based on trust. All right. And that is the human reality of marriage. I, do, I can't think of a single marriage that isn't based on trust. And so, therefore, when Brooke's daddy said that, when Brooke just said it, it's been three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he demanded a divorce until you said it. Ah. <laughs> uh, Marriage is based on trust. It's high art for the generations because it is a stale, outdated, but clung to perspective that people still tell themselves um, in order to feel better about the situation that they're in. So many, some marriages are based on trust. Many are based on trust. Many are not. Many are clearly financial arrangements. Many, I will tell you this, I will tell you this. Uh, Mrs. Matt Fielding in Russia might disagree with this statement. <laughs> oh, sweet Russian Rhonda. I can't think of a single Mrs. Mancini whose marriage is based on trust. Well, wait, let's roll back on Matt and Russian Rhonda. Theirs was based on trust. It was based on a lie. I mean, they got married for legal purposes, but like, I don't think they mistrusted each other. I think they trust each other a lot. 
Mary, I don't mean to be persnickety here, but you literally said theirs was based on trust. I mean, it was based on a lie. <laughs> like that is, those, those are the exact words in the exact order you said them. Okay, but what I mean is the legality of the marriage, okay, that was based on the lie that they were romantically together, but they they went into it trusting trusting each other as friends that neither one was going to like rat the thing out and get them in trouble. So I think they trusted I mean, each other a lot. Katya like totally cockwashed him at the art gallery. <laughs> that was funny. And, and, and moved the baby in, baby Doubtfire. Oh, that was for his own good though. Yeah, okay, but it, it wasn't like they weren't clearly openly communicating with each other about things. I don't know. I thought they were, I mean, it was a little, I don't know. I don't Listen, know. I'm just saying, marriage is based on trust. It's <laughs> one of those things, like, it, it reminds me of the people that are like, oh, I never tell a lie. First oh, all, people are lying. That's a lie. That's a lie. As they like, say on Mori Povich after the lie detector test, that is a lie. That is a lie. Now, there, there, there are just some things you, like, you should lie to each other about, right? Like, oh, this was a great dinner, I, or I had so much fun on this trip, right? Things like that. I really love that we live here and share the same space. Yeah, it's fantastic the way your OCD is slightly different than mine in a way that never, ever is going to stop. I really love the way you hung that on the wall without asking first. Why? What's the problem with that? No, nothing. Nothing. They love it. Has Derek talked to you? What did you hang up? What did you do? What? How did you? Are you talking about the Melrose Place poster? I assume there's about 25 Melrose Place posters in your house. Oh, why is this something? And you I've, know what? Not but you know side, but I assume. That, is, that can also be what marriage is based upon. Melrose Place posters. <laughs> I mean, that might be part of yours. I don't know. I've not been allowed in the house, so. <laughs> uh, you are fully invited to every single party I host, and I host five big bashes per year. Big so, bashes? Not bash. like Matt's bashes. It's not that kind of a bash. No, 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 no. Different kind no. of bash. Different kind of bashing, yeah. So I have, uh, this year, I have the pretzel party. Oh boy, we're gonna go through the whole list. Yep, yep. We're having a Halloween party. Costumes required, as you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we've got the ping pong party. Oh yeah, you do do that. That's right. The ping pong tournament of chaos and doom, and I I believe the next weekend I'm hosting the family Christmas party. And That's and then exciting. I've got what? It's exciting. Yeah. And then I've got, I mean, this is a big fucking deal, the Mardi Gras party that I do every year. People love the Mardi Gras. They love the Mardi Gras. They love the king cake. They love showing up for a party at 8 p.m. and me making them drink spicy coffee. Spicy coffee. That does sound like something you would make people do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll check <laughs> That's how it goes. And then uh, the murder mystery party, which has 35 original characters. 35. That's so many. 36 if you come this weekend. That's almost as many as an episode of Melrose Place. It's almost as many Mancini, Mrs. Mancini's as this show ends with. <laughs> I just can't wait to meet more of these Mrs. Mancini's. They're coming. They're coming, Mary. All right. Did you find 
now I've disproven both of your first attempts. You want to take one last attempt at finding trash in this show? Well, I didn't have to look very hard. Uh, <laughs> that see, that's beneath you, Mary. Is it? It seems that's like right yeah. at my level. <laughs> uh, I call this one. This is the most fun I've had since I graduated medical school. What? Okay. Oh, already forgotten. So Michael and Peter are touring an office space. They're <laughs> there together. They're bunking up, if you will, as doctors. Uh, Michael's really into this office space. It's got beautiful views. It's big. It's airy. Peter and, and they're gonna they're gonna stick around in this space for a while. I think. I mean, for a while. Yeah, they're gonna use this set for a while. So they it was wise of them to invest and make it look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Peter is not convinced. He wants to talk first. Uh, and he's like, I think we should, oh, he's, he's advising Michael while he's still advocating for Kimberly. He's like, I don't think you should divorce Kimberly. And Michael's like, the sooner it's done, the happier I'll be. Peter's like, Kimberly can't handle the divorce. And Michael's like, what is your deal with her? Peter's like, I don't want to see her get screwed over. He's advised her to plead guilty by reason of insanity. And Michael's mm-hmm. like, oh, so you're her doctor, her lover, and also her lawyer. I hope she has you on retainer. Peter says, he she refuses to think that she's insane if michael rocks the boat dot 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 michael stops him and he's like you've got to have an angle here and he's like it can't be love maybe lust nah peter grabs him and he says he's an ungrateful twit he's riding peter's coattails and if he wants this partnership to work get off my back about kimberly michael says fine whatever you say but i get this office he picks the one he likes Later, cut to a scene. There's a couch full of foxy, foxy ladies. It looks like a little bit like horse giving. I'm not going to lie. They are all (laughs) waiting to be interviewed by Michael to be the new receptionist for their law, not law, his doctor's, doctor's office, surgeon's office. What do you call that? Medical practice? I don't know. Yeah, private practice. Private practice. Thank you. Peter walks into this and he tells the ladies, oops, we're sorry we wasted your time. The physician's already been filled. And so the foxy ladies start leaving. Michael's like, what are you doing? This is the most fun I've had since I graduated medical school. (laughs) Peter's like, I've got a surgery scheduled. If we hire some hot receptionist, we're going to spend all of our time competing over the hot lady. And Michael's like, yeah, so? (laughs) Which made me laugh. Peter's like, you need to call the employment agency and tell them to send someone that, quote, neither one of us could possibly be attracted to, end quote. Which also made me laugh. Because that reminds me of that when they were hiring that, oh, God, there was that nurse who came and took care of Michael, the really big lady. And she was, like, waving around his wheelchair. That's, anyway, I thought of her. Maybe they could hire her. Anyway, uh, Peter leaves. Sydney comes walking in uh, after Peter leaves. And Michael's like, why are you here? <laughs> and she says, I quit my job at Shooters last night. And Michael's like, yeah, that was a smart move because Jake's, Jake's going off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> There's awkward silence between them. And she's like, uh, okay, well, you must be busy, so I'm going to go. But if you hear of any job openings, and he goes, well, how do you feel about working for me and Peter? And she's like, I don't have any medical training. And he's like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's fine. Um, this is, I forgot about this little storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love any time Michael and Sydney are together and they're mm-hmm. cooking up. I forgot of all the schemes that are going to come. I love that he had all these foxy secretaries coming in to get interviewed and that Peter said no. And then I love the whole stinger of him saying, we have to hire someone we can't be attracted to and then in walks Sydney. <laughs> <It's> just, 
It really, it, I forgot all about this, and I look forward to the, the episodes to come where Sydney works for Michael and Peter. It's, um, I don't see why this is trashy, but I see it as entertaining for sure. I think it was trashy because, of course, they have a couch full of like people who were, again, probably in the horse giving episode with Fancy Face, like, like ladies of the evening, and that's fine. But I'm like, of course, that's who he wants to hire. Like, of course, that's what Michael's going to hire. Of course. So here's the question. Okay, picture it. Let's back up. So this is in pre-job hunting website days. Yeah. (laughs) And so Michael had to put out a call to someone to get (laughs) candidates. Yeah. Where did he go? How, How did he assemble this bevy of beauty? Boy, I really wish I'd thought of that sooner because that would have made a great ad. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I still have time. Um, I don't know how that would have worked. Although, I mean, it's Los Angeles, so maybe he called like, maybe he called like Models Inc. I was just thinking, did he call Grayson? I mean, maybe he probably Models Inc. is too exclusive, though. It's probably like some other, like a. Not once Grayson turned it into Hooker's Inc. Hooker's Inc. That's right. It's turned into Hooker's Inc. Yes, Hooker's Inc. has a nice ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's that's something to really think about. I I hadn't thought about it that way, but you might be onto something. It's just like he couldn't have gone down to the temp agency and said, "Oh." Only send me sexy. Well, it was the nineties. Could you go and say send me only sexy ladies? <laughs> I, I'm I'm realizing we might be applying modern modern morality to ancient times. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I'm just I'm I'm excited that Sydney got a job so quickly, and that she she gets to keep it in the family. I mean, she's working for her ex husband. <laughs> And the the man who tried to murder her roommate. Oh, that's right. Now, Sydney and Peter have never hooked up at this point, right? Not yet. Not yet. All right. It seems inevitable, just based on the past. (laughs) It it feels like it's what's coming. Here's a question that we can't answer now, but we'll answer someday. Are there any of these characters who don't hook up at some point, with the exception, and I mean with, except Matt, because I feel like Matt's the only gay person most of the time. Uh, Allison and Michael. Allison and Michael, okay. Rhonda and Michael. Oh, Rhonda, I didn't get to go with anybody. God. Rhonda and Jake, Rhonda and Billy. Um, Billy and Joe, we got, that was made very clear. Oh yeah, Joe hates Billy, I think. Uh-huh. As well she uh, That may be it. Okay. You know what? We'll find we'll out. See. We'll we'll pay attention. Kimberly and Billy. You know, well, she tried to move in to be his roommate, didn't she? That was funny. Kim- Kimberly and Jake. Oh, I'm kind of surprised. I feel like Jake hooks up with just about everybody. You know, listen, he's a look. He, he's, he, a, he's a slut. But it was the '90s, so we said slut. We don't say it anymore. Yeah, no, we wouldn't say that anymore. Mm-hmm. Or horse giving Mary. Look, it, that's the proper name of the holiday on the Greco-Roman calendar. It's giving whores. Okay, okay. Mary, were there any other highlights you'd like to make? 
I did have a few. Let me like see things we didn't already talk about. Um, oh, so there's, there's a few. There's a few little random things. Okay, I really enjoyed and it was near the beginning of the episode when Joe and Matt are walking toward her apartment. He's apologizing for having to stay there, and she's like, "I don't believe you killed anyone." <laughs> um, and they look down and they see Jake coming in, and Jake tells Matt like, "Hey man, I was bummed to hear about your murder accusation." <laughs> it was a funny way to put it. Uh, later, Joe is talking to Matt about his after his lawyer uh, was scolding him for getting in the fight at the cafeteria. And she's like, I think she's just preparing you for the worst case scenario. And he's like, I don't think so. I think she's telling me to prepare myself for the everything's going to go bad. And he's like, maybe I should confront Paul, which is a bad idea. Joe, said, Joe, the voice of reason says, no, I've been there. If I had listened to my lawyer and not been so bullheaded, I might still have my baby. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God. What was why did we need a call back to little baby Austin? Little baby Austin shout out just to remind us, never forget. Well, you know who we uh, we have forgotten Jake's baby. Oh yeah, they like to dip their French fries in mayonnaise. I remember that. That's how you know you don't need paternity tests. No, you you go get some fries and some sauces. You, you're the- gonna you're gonna put out four sauces, right? And then you got a one in twenty five percent chance, right? Like a one in four shot. You know, you put you put a you put a. You put a honey mustard, you put a ketchup, you put a mayo, and you put a, like a Chipotle ranch, right? Which, which one did you pick? Well, me, it's Chipotle ranch, you know, for sizzle. But yeah. you, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a ketchup and the kids eat ketchup, that's a big problem, right? Because that's baseline. That's yes. baseline. So yeah. like 50%, 50% of people, that's fact, would pick ketchup, which means the other three have only a one in six chance of being selected. So one in six, one in six, that's one in 36 that you're going to accidentally have a match. So as long as nobody picks ketchup, man, you got it. Bam. 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 That's math. I math all was, over. That was some really great mathing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I like to see at the beginning when Jane was making breakfast for Allison, who's staying with her, and Billy stops by to check on her, and Allison's like, leave me alone. And he's like, I care about you. And she says, you have a wife. Care about her. <laughs> and uh, oh, so she, he leaves, and Jane's like, I see what you're doing. You're playing the pity card. You're pushing him away with one hand while drawing him in with the other. And Allison's like, no. And Jane's like, mm, whatever. And they're not going to be doormats anymore. They're going to be like Thelma and Louise from now on. Yeah. What the hell? Why are we doing this to these two? I don't know. I don't like them. Uh, Mackenzie Hart, Jane is giving some designers some advice. And Richard comes up. He's like, it's too radical. This isn't the way we do it at Mackenzie Hart. And she's like, it's now. And they get into a little tiff. And he resents the hell out of her saying that they're in the anti-clothes business. <laughs> it really makes me laugh. Uh, her ego is overblown. And she says she's going to quit. Uh, later at Shooters, the, I did like that everyone basically showed up at Shooters that night. That doesn't happen anymore. So that was fun, even though it did badly. Um, Jane is sitting with Brooke and Billy at the end of the bar. And Jane's like, well, maybe I can get you wholesale now, Brooke, since I'm working for Mackenzie Hart. And Brooke says she loves a bargain. And Billy says, yeah. Brooke's yeah, Brooke loves watching- a bargain. Brooke's really watching her pennies these days. <laughs> and then last but not least, Billy stops at Jane's with food for Allison, I, I guess. It was a little unclear. Uh, Allison has slipped getting out of the shower, so Billy helps her get up and like mm-hmm. wraps her in a towel and there's sexy music. And then it's uncomfortable because Jane comes home and so he rushes out. And then Allison's like, oh, what? Jane's like, what happened to Allison? Allison's like, I guess it's been a while since Billy's seen me naked. And Jane, Not that long. Not that long. Not that long. And then Jane goes, Allison, you're so bad. It reminded me of 
the barefoot contessa or whatever she's called. So I was like, isn't that just sassy? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was a real bit ridiculous. How about you? Did you have anything else? I did. I did. Uh, I would like to point out that at Shooters, when Jake got everybody's atten- attention and he gave a toast, he said, quote, to all of us, to the survivors. <laughs> uh, Jake, Jake fired Sydney, who re- replied with a classic line of, it's too late. I already quit. <laughs> Zing. Zing. Got him. Um, I also appreciated the way Amanda is growing soft on Allison. I don't get it, and I don't think this lasts long, but maybe it does. I I can't, in my memory, drum up any mean, nasty things Amanda does that hasn't already happened to Allison. Yeah. Am I wrong? She is good at coming up with mean things. Well, let's just let's just call it. It's canon. Uh, the sisterhood of Amanda and Allison is here to stay. I look forward to whenever that falls apart again. <laughs> I don't think Amanda loses her job as president anymore. I also think that. Um, well, that's this, she is good at it. Yeah, this Allison pretending to be blind storyline, uh, thankfully, is not going. Oh yeah, that's. I kind of remember that a little bit. Yeah, so there we go. Mary, this has been, it's just so good to be back at Melrose Place. I miss, the, I miss these little tramps. Stamps, not tramps. You know, that's a great correction. Um, yeah, I, I look, we got, there's some fun pieces moving around the board right now. It's kind of amazing how fast we've sort of stopped talking about the fact that the building exploded. Um, <laughs> I mean, even within the show, they really, other than the, like, establishing shots when they're coming in and out of apartments and stuff, like, nobody's like, hey, I'm traumatized by the fact that I was nearly blown up. Like, um, I, I also think they're missing something, an opportunity to play more with these forced roommate situations. They're never going to have this again. No, like, I really like how they play with the Amanda and Sydney one and, like, how Sydney's using up all the hot water in the shower and, like, Amanda keeps making her answer the door for her. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot more they could be doing here, but that's fine. We, now, let's picture it. So we've got Allison living across the courtyard with Jane. We've got Matt up and over by Joe. We've got Amanda over by Sydney. And Billy's over with Brooke. Yeah, that's everybody. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mary, did we settle the debate or must we continue? I guess we're going to have to keep going. Okay. Next week it is. I, I think next week is the time I win. I mean, I appreciate your confidence and that you basically think that every time. Like, it's great that you keep getting back on the horse. This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is generously supported by the following sponsor. Think about the last time you sat down for an ink blot test. Do I need my eyes closed? Sure. Like, am I visu- is this a visualization activity? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Can you use a visualization voice? Okay. Did you find it all a little blase? <laughs> a little uninspired? <laughs> I mean, how many times can you flip through the same tired old ink block? 
Why couldn't Rorschach shake it up a little? Maybe throw some stickers in there. Maybe a little bit of glitter. God help you, if you sass your shrink about any of this, they're going to be like, I am not your head shrinker. I was appointed by the court to determine if you're insane. You don't need no robot head shrinker. You're a unique person. You can't be pigeonholed by standard issue ink blots. You're not that basic. Hell no. That's why you need the all-new Blotios by Funko. Yeah, that's right. The good people at Funko have come up with a fun new way to make your own ink blots to determine if you're insane in the comfort of your own home or therapy oh. office or insane asylum. Wow. Oh. Wow. Okay. Each Bladios kit comes up with it comes with everything you need to make your own ink bots. There's ink. There's paper. <laughs> yeah. There are crayons and colored pencils and washable markers that smell like fruit and they'll inspire your senses because you're not basic. You need fancy ink bots. There's glitter and glitter glue and confetti, and so many stickers. There's those little stickers you can put on your fingernails. There's those stickers you can wear like earrings on your ears. There's finger paint. There's tie-dye. There's basically everything from the craft store in this one box. The one thing it doesn't come with, though, is a pencil sharpener. Uh, you're going to want to visit bladios.biz, enter promo code SHRINK, and you're going to get 8% off your first order. And I have even better news. Free shipping is available to any address that's at an insane asylum in the continental U.S. Oh, oh, good, good. Bladios, you might be losing your identity, but you won't lose your mind. <sighs> I'm still stuck on why we're using glitter, Mary. Well, because some people, when they look at an ink blot, like... yes. It's not really capturing what they need it to capture. And so wouldn't mm. it make more sense, especially if you're given the artistic freedom to make your own ink plot, you're going to want all the kinds of tools you can possibly have to really express what's going on in your head. So why not glitter, I say? Can, now, can you melt down the crayons? Into what? Into dripping wax. To make blocks. Well, I don't. You, there's nothing that comes with the kit that create. Can we? I'm sorry. Can we go back? What do you mean into what? What? What else could it be turned into? Well, I, that's I felt, Why would you melt a crayon? You've never melted a crayon. I don't think so. My brother used to melt crayons for us. Well, has your brother taken some ink blot tests? <laughs> Nobody should. <laughs> you definitely should. You know, this would be great. You know, you were speaking earlier of all your family parties you're hosting. It might be fun <laughs> to have some Bladio sets there and then just start to see what people start talking about. <laughs> I hey, just you see the face of Satan in this glitter <laughs> swirl, swirl of glitter. I might. So, so, okay. Okay. So here's a real question for Bladios. Okay. When, when you use Bladios, do all of these ink blots still end up looking like a 16 year old kid coming out to a disappointed father? It, it really depends. <laughs> I think it depends on how much glitter you put on there. Okay. Oh, you, you, yeah, yeah, that'll de-gay it. <laughs> that'll make it less gay for sure. It comes... I, I just can't wait to pick up one of these for myself. Because, you know, I like to think of myself as being someone... You know, like, I feel like I just can't be pigeonholed by standard issue ink blots. 
Mm-hmm. And I want mm-hmm. the to really let my creative juices flow. I want to really dig around in my head and show people what I see in there. And so I look forward to just making some real interesting you, pictures. You, 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 I just want to be sure. I want to reflect back to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is you do want to let those interior thoughts out into the world. In the form of ink blots. Okay. Or podcasts. I guess, is this podcast really just one big giant ink blot test? I don't know. I know my dad's disappointed in it. <laughs> like mine probably is too. <laughs> like, why are you doing your taxes right now? <laughs> if, if, our, if either of our dads knew how to work podcasts. Do you think that, are there some good like dad podcasts where it's just like dads making a podcast? Oh yeah. Uh, it's just AM talk radio. <laughs> that's basically a dad podcast. That's fair. <laughs> oh my God. Well, listen, I'm going to, you know what? That's a good idea for the, the next round of parties that I do. The, the next one that you come to Mary, we're going to have a whole set of bladios. You're going to probably need to order multiple kits. I'm not going to lie. Because there's... We're, we're getting nine. We're getting nine kits. That's a good solid number. I like that. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Remember, if you go to bladios.biz and enter promo code SHRINK, you get 8% off. And again, free shipping is available to any address in the continental U.S. that's also an insane asylum. I don't think we say insane asylum anymore. Well, they said it on the show, so I think it's... <laughs> We don't say crazy, insane asylum, whores giving, sluts. And yet here we are. I mean, we are. <laughs> there's, there, there's no way people know that this was recorded in 2023. Oh, we talked about Jimmy Carter's hospice. Yeah, that happened this year. Yeah, we're getting but canceled. Not, bless his heart, he's not passed away yet still this year. So As of, as of this recording. As <laughs> this recording. R.I.P. eventually. Did you see Joe Biden reveal that Jimmy Carter asked him to do his eulogy and then Joe Biden was like, I probably shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the classic Joe Biden moment. Joe Biden. God, what a scamp. I'd like to know what he sees if he got a set of Bladios. That'd be fun. He would see... uh... Is it trains? It's mostly trains. (laughs) I was going to say Hunter Biden's dick pic. Okay, bye. Uh, video. Okay, <laughs> bye. So wait, seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So there, it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God, how long? Yeah, and and uh, Models Inc has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc? It, it's a two season spinoff. Of what? What did they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. The lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think 90210, to get to understand where this show came from, is probably worth exploring. I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how, do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. 
Okay, so we're in for all of it. Oh, God. 